I'm Sandra, and I'm just the professional your small business was looking for. But you didn't hire me because you didn't use LinkedIn jobs. LinkedIn has professionals you can't find anywhere else, including those who aren't actively looking for a new job, but might be open to the perfect role, like me. In a given month, over 70% of LinkedIn users don't visit other leading job sites. So if you're not looking on LinkedIn, you'll miss out on great candidates like Sandra. Start hiring professionals like a professional. Post your free job on linkedin.com slash people today. Hey, it's Ryan Reynolds, and I'm here with Keith, co-star of my upcoming film, If, only in theaters May 17th. Do you want to tell people the big news? All right, I'll do it. Sign up now, and you'll get unlimited for $15 a month in six months of Paramount Plus Essential Plan on us. MintMobile.com slash switch. Upfront payment of $45, equivalent to $15 per month. Unlimited over 40 gigabytes per month. Face lower speeds. Videos at 480p. Active Mint customers by 531.24 get six months of Paramount Plus Essential Plan. Auto renews after six months. Offer ends May 31st, 2024. Separate Paramount Plus registration required. Terms and conditions apply, if rated PG. This is Internet Marketing. Welcome back to the show where we give you the lowdown, the inside information, the word from the experts to help you use the internet as part of your marketing machine. Internet marketing is brought to you by Academy Internet at academyinternet.com and Wireworld Productions at wireworldproductions.com. Hello, here we are at episode 30. This is Andy White and in this episode I'm talking to Dan about, well it's a very sort of um, social networking type of show today, uh, talk to Dan about um, some of the things that you need to be aware of, especially with context-sensitive advertising and social networking. Then a long conversation with Nick Butler about how social networking should be used by businesses. But first, let's go to Dan. Daniel, let's talk about online brands. Okay, this one uh, became of interest. The things we talked about recently, um, online PR and, and that kind of thing, um, social networking, lots of the topics we've talked about, this crosses into. And the reason this came up, and I thought we'd cover it, so it's a recent news story where First Direct, the AA and Vodafone were all advertising on Facebook. And Facebook is a social networking site I'm sure most people are familiar with. If not, go and have a look, facebook.com. Same thing as MySpace and lots of other similar social networking sites. So what happened, these companies advertising on there, lots of audience coming in, lots of people seeing their adverts, clicking through to their website, and it was all working out quite well. Then what they realized was that their ads were appearing next to lots of different people's profiles. So for example, if you or I had a profile, the ads would show up next to that profile. But as well as individuals having profiles, businesses or organizations can have profiles. And one of the people that had a profile was the BNP. Now the BNP, for those that don't know or not in the UK, is the British National Party, which is a, um, shall we say, ever so slightly right-wing organization and generally accused of being pretty racist, okay? So you've got First Direct and the AA and Vodafone with the ads appearing next to the BNP profile. I should imagine they weren't too sort of enamored with that. No, they weren't particularly pleased, to say the least. So they have pulled all the advertising. Now, to be honest, um, it's a bit of a knee-jerk reaction, I think, to a certain extent, because it, your ads are next to every profile in there, and I can see, okay, there's a brand association. So it makes people nervous and uncomfortable, and therefore they pulled all the advertising. Now, really, there should probably be an approach where you can exclude certain profiles from being seen, which would be a much more sensible way of doing it. But anyway... They pulled the advertising, so everyone sat up and took a bit of notice of that, thinking, okay, well, there must be lots of profiles on there that they probably don't want to be seen next to, whether it's an individual organisation. So what's the impact on this? The next thing that's happened is the COI, which is the Central Office of Information, which is basically like the um, big government advertising agency. They book all the online space, offline space. They do tenders for the government for a lot of advertising and all the different departments. They have now announced they're going to be pulling all advertising from all social networking websites, which is quite a big thing. For it is, isn't it? Because it's an awful lot of advertising is done online on social networking sites from government agencies. There's lots of things like anti-drug kind of use and drug rehabilitation programs and um, lots of things that kind of verge on the charitable kind of side that go on there as well. But this is a, it sounds like it's an absolute, there will be no social networking advertising. Now, this is clearly from the point of view of being very scared of being associated with the wrong thing. Obviously, it's the way politics is done now. It's very easy to someone to call a bit of a stir if the kind of Labour Party had something next to the BNP party or something like that. So it's clear to see the reasoning behind it, but it, again, feels like a bit of a knee-jerk kind of reaction. But it does go to show how social networking sites 
can affect brands and people's perception of brands. Um, and it makes people quite worried. So where's it all going, Daniel? Well, I mean, a couple of other examples of where this is happening elsewhere is if you have Google ads on your website, you know, you can have Google ads on your website through the AdSense program. You can make some money for those ads. Now, loads of people do that. Yeah. I mean, most sites I see these days have got AdSense on. Yeah, absolutely. And the thing is that if you think about it, what happens is Google looks at your website and it wonders and tries to work out what your website is about and it matches the ads to the content of your website. We, we do some examples. I mean, there was a, the Voxel website and it had two adverts. It had Network Q, which is actually owned by Voxel. So they were paying to advertise on their own website and the advert, advert was one of their competitors. So not very sensible. Some of the what, really bad ones have been things where, for example, when there's been plane crashes and things like 9-11 and things like that, where there's lots of talk of planes and SIP locations. You've got a horrible piece about where there's been a plane crash and all the adverts are to get your cheap flights to this location. So that's not very well placed. There's been lots of other things as well where I have a friend of mine that runs a blog. She's a journalist and she was writing about all kinds of obscure topics and it's become a bit of a running joke that the, the ads that she gets on her site are just very, very, very odd. Uh, more often than not, get your Russian brides. Uh, kind <laughs> so of, AdSense I, can't work out which adverts to serve exactly um, do you like large nosed men I didn't really realise that was a topic for a, a paper click ad but just the, the, this badly placed now that's okay it's an amusing kind of thing but the problem is if you're a brand there can be an impact if the wrong kind of thing has been advertised on your website particularly things like dating websites and kind of looking for foreign brides and the kind of things that you know um, not necessarily very socially acceptable so there can be a big issue with this other things like affiliate campaigns if you set up an affiliate campaign and you want somebody to sell your products for you so there's lots of examples where this happens where, for example, you're a mobile phone company and you sell handsets and network kind of connections and that kind of thing. So you say to anybody, look, here's our banners, put them on your website. Any sales we get, we'll give you 5% of the sale value. Okay, really good idea. Affiliates work really well. The problem is people build spam websites just to try and get traffic through to these. And the content can be adult related. It can be just absolute junk that people don't want to read. And it then associates with the people that are advertising on the website. So again, you can't control particularly where your affiliate campaign is showing. You can go through and monitor it and look at it, but sometimes you know you will lose control of that to a certain extent. And what this is all about is the fact that you do lose control of your brand to a certain extent on the web because it has a, a kind of force of its own. Much like we've talked about um, blogs and people commenting on blogs and it all kind of snowballing. It's all about brand monitoring then, Dan, actually working out what's going on. Okay. So what can people do? Should people be afraid of, of AdSense and social networking sites? I think they, they really shouldn't. They really shouldn't. People understand, people are quite smart about seeing where ads appear and knowing that the two things aren't necessarily related. The other thing is, it, this is something that big brands tend to worry about more than small businesses because big brands tend to be in so many different places. The, there are some key things you can do. And they're really, really simple. They're not, they're, not, they're not massively complicated. What you really need to do is work out what the key websites your target audience are looking at, okay? And you just need to monitor those websites. So, for example, if you're uh, a marketeer and you might be looking at the Chartered Institute of Marketing website, okay? And there might be some discussion forums associated with that. That's where you need to look. That's where your key audience is. You just monitor those, probably half a dozen websites. Make sure nothing's appearing negatively about you there, okay? But, of course, there'll be websites springing up all the time, okay? Something you can use is the Google Alerts system, Okay, and with Google Alerts, if you go to google.com forward slash alerts, what you do, you can put a word in or a phrase. So you can put your business name in or your individual name. And Google will send you an email, either daily or weekly or monthly, saying where you appear on the web. And that's taken from the news discussions, from blogs, from websites, and from the group, kind of the uh, Usenet discussions as well. Okay, so that will tell you what activity and where you're appearing on the net. And if you do that daily, you'll get a little digest of what's being said about you or your brand on a daily basis. Now, that's not always perfectly up to date, but that gives you a pretty solid viewpoint of what other people are beginning to see. So at very least, that's a nice, easy way to actually monitor what's going on. As you get into being a bigger company, there's, you need to get a bit more involved and it becomes a little bit more expensive. Because if you imagine monitoring tens of thousands of websites for particular phrases is quite difficult. Um, so what you can do is there's companies like one we work with that we actually we do recommend there's a company called Magpie um, their website is magpie.net and they've got a really clever solution that goes out and it looks at I think it's a million websites in total so there's blogs and there's discussion forums and influencing websites 
and it will look at when a particular brand is being mentioned. But it will also say, and I think we've mentioned this before, whether that mention is negative or positive. So it uses some clever artificial intelligence to work out what's being said. So it says, what are the key issues that are being discussed? And are they being mentioned in a positive fashion or a negative fashion? Okay. And then it flags up if something's really you know, moving on fast. So you know, for bigger brands, there's lots of services like that you can have a look at as well. The key thing is, don't panic. It's, it's just, there's a lot of knee-jerk reactions going on at the moment to things. If you are advertising someone, you're not happy where your ads are appearing next to, talk to the advertiser. They don't want to lose all your advertising. So therefore, they will work on systems to try and resolve these kind of issues. Don't assume people are stupid. People are quite smart and they do realise that one brand isn't necessarily associated with another. But it is going to be an issue with the net that's going to go on for a while. So I think the key thing is monitor your key influencing websites. Use some software tools to monitor your brand and stay calm and don't panic about these things. And it'll be interesting to see and we'll report back over the next few weeks what's actually going on with this and how this shifts and how this changes. Okay. So as long as you all follow some basic guidelines, everything is well. I, th- I think so. I think you just you just have to realise that you don't have 100% control over, over the online channel because it's a, it's a moving and dynamic channel. And, you know, you post a billboard up, that billboard will be for a certain time. But things move faster than that and this kind of stuff does happen. So I think we need to keep our heads. Right, Dan, thanks for that. I just want to talk briefly about the new website because I hear that we're making things a lot easier for people to find and interact with internet marketing. So just briefly tell us about that, Dan. That's exactly the idea. Um, the Academy Internet website has been being relaunched for about three years now. And we're so busy building client websites, we never get around to launching our own. So what we decided was that we were going to redo the podcast bit in particular. The reason for that is that we get the podcast out there. We know there are loads of listeners out there. We get a fair few emails coming in. But we wanted a way of interacting with our users and like the people that are listening a lot more. The reason for that is we talk about all this interactive stuff all the time and we talk about Web 2.0 and we're horribly guilty of not interacting enough with the listeners. So the idea of the kind of blog and interactivity that's going to give is that people can get a bit more involved. So one of the key things is you can sign up with your email address and we'll send you updates when the podcast is coming out and also some more information that you can't get from the podcast itself. So the actual links that we talked about, all that kind of thing. Okay. The incentive, we really want people to sign up because we want to know who the listeners are, where they are, what they're getting from it. Okay, So all we're asking people to do first of all is go in there, um, sign up, give us your email address and your name, um, give us your location if you want to, you don't have to, you're not forced to do that at all. And then we'll send you some kind of information um, and we've got some white papers available and that kind of thing that isn't isn't available elsewhere. So we give you some free kind of access to the information. The other thing is we're going to eventually make the transcripts available as well. We're having them all transcribed at the moment. So that's raw. Yeah, absolutely. And it's a good thing because what it means is that if you've got links that you didn't quite pick up, you remember hearing something, but you want to read up on it again, all the information is there. We also had some people that teach courses at universities that were quite interested in using excerpts Mm. from these as well. So people are more than welcome to use them in any way way they wish. So just take a look and kind of have a look at that. Um, But I really want everyone to sign up and try and get some information about who our listeners are. Okay. And just give us a bit more feedback on what's going on. Okay. What we really want as well is people to post questions. If you've got a question, go in there, leave us a question, comment on the blog, leave a question within a comment on the blog, we don't mind how you do it, and just get some questions in and get your feedback in. If you don't like what we're saying, tell us. If you do like what we're saying, tell us, and with as much feedback as possible, so we can really shape the podcast to fit in with what people think. Dan, that's great. Now, just before we go on to the next segment... I must talk about our main sponsor, Academy Internet, who have been with us from the start. Now, Academy Internet are a full-service online marketing agency who cover the full spectrum of online marketing activities and objectives. It's all about using the technology to make your business work, and they're happy to guarantee that they will improve your return by at least 30%. You can find them at www.academyinternet.com, or you can call them on 44 if you're outside the UK, or 01273 Three. Okay, moving on. And now on to that uh, conversation I had with Nick Butler. Now this, uh, I have to warn you, it's a very, very long conversation. But boy, is it absolutely packed with useful stuff. I recorded it in my usual style in the cafe, so sorry about the background noise. But Nick's got a very strong voice, as you'll soon find out, so he's pretty easy to hear. So um, here we go. Enjoy. My name's Nick Butler, otherwise known as the Loudmouth Man and the Old Grey Video Test. Uh, socialset.net in fact if you're trying to track down and find out more about Nick Butler 
then visit loudmouthman.com slash contact and you'll see a number of the social networking communities that I'm taking part in. Now what I wanted to talk about uh, today, Nick, especially with social networking, which is an area I know that you're very knowledgeable on, but specifically how businesses need to change their mindset if they want to use social networking as a way of um, getting themselves about, getting themselves known. First of all, how do social networks actually work? Social networking, how does that work? Ever taken part in a coffee shop conversation? Ever just sat around a table and overheard something interesting that uh, piqued your curiosity? And uh, due to the nature of, of real-world environments, we, we tend not to be the people who uh, lean across and jump in and say, hey, you know what, um, I, I have something to contribute on that. And social networks, in fact, in fact, the internet in itself has provided the opportunities for us to be able to start conversations with strangers I guess the the level of the first of all the anonymity and the ability to just drop into a conversation without feeling that you're uh, you're going across the queues of the conversation is enabling people to start start a conversation or change the direction now social networking is not anything new to the internet I mean we've had internet relay chat we've had email we've had web bulletin boards the, the sort of web 2.0 community now has has sort of seen the growth in what are clearly defined as sort of social network websites uh, the traditional ones that we're all familiar with such as facebook uh, mysql mysql ha, myspace there we go that's me looking back to my uh, technology background myspace we'll linkedin we'll come back to that linkedin yeah. academy um you know all the way to the the currently hot popular topics like twitter.com which is obviously a a sort of social network uh, live stream to the current trend in video broadcasting of content at Ustream TV and Operator 11 so there's there's an awful lot of conversations being had out there uh, about social networks and what's interesting is these are conversations that are being had by the, the sort of the current early adopters the people who are finding the new and interesting things online and are taking part and social networking and social networks as as a conversation are the online equivalent of the coffee shops and the crowd they are creating different different aspects of people's interests that are creating opportunities we will say hey this is this is something i know and i understand and i want to contribute or this is something i want to learn more about or this is something that i just want to listen to i saw a very good comment from a chap called andy Yossier yesterday on twitter.com through the through the nature of how twitter works it is very much like the sort of the wide open forum and you can choose whose conversations you want to listen in to and he said it's absolutely brilliant because you can learn things from other people's conversations that you didn't realise that you, you, you hadn't needed to know or weren't prepared to ask. It's creating all the time a constant flow of conversation. And to a certain extent, we're looking at, as you come back to your question about how businesses can be making use of this, we're looking at how businesses who aren't necessarily early adopters, you know, they're, they're either going to be the early majority, they, they want to be the people, and by the way, I'm using terms here from a book by Graham Moore, thank you, from a book by Graham Moore, called Crossing the Chasm and uh, if you go to the Old Grey video test the second show or second show from us is a discussion on the review of Crossing the Chasm and really what we're looking at is this sort of hill curve that says at the start of the hill we have our early adopters and our influencers and then there's this large gap at which point we see the early majority as people who come on board and take part in a, a product or a technology. Now, how will a business actually be able to make use of this and subsequently the marketing of the crowds is to create conversations that are about the product or the idea that a business is trying to either promote or generate awareness in. One of the the things about a social network is that you cannot sell to it directly. If you try to turn up and immediately hit them with a thousand spanned links to your website or your product or you suddenly turn up and you just have a direct sort of I like the Nokia N800 I think it's a really great internet tablet blah 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 and that's all you're talking about the network the social network community is self-moderating it's it's going to take a conversation like that and drop it or ignore it or sideline it the important thing about these these websites and these tools is 
the first thing they're doing is they're giving the consumer a control over the media that they're being exposed to. This is very similar to how uh, people have already gone to websites and they've added their own ad blocking software to remove the advertising that they're just not interested in seeing because they want to read the content of the website. RSS readers especially are creating, I mean, they're creating the opportunity for the consumer to control the content of what they're interested in. So if you're sitting from a marketing perspective here and you're saying to yourself, okay, I, I still need to get my message out there, then you need to be able to be quite canny. You need to turn your, your message into a conversation. You, you need this to be very much like the, the conversation in the coffee shop, uh, the whisper that goes through the crowd. This needs to be something that says, hey, something interesting is happening here. To a certain extent, good social network optimization is, is like the trick of standing in the street and looking into the sky. If you're interesting enough and you're doing it well enough, you'll eventually create other people to stop and look into the sky and ask questions about what's up there. And eventually, if you do this for long enough, you create a small crowd of people that you can then turn around and ask them, well, what are you looking at? And you've influenced the crowd and you've created direction and you've created attention, but you haven't done it in such a way that you've expected anybody to do anything else than accept that they want to hear the message or see the message. Now, in social networks like Facebook, you, you have the position as a, as a business, first of all, to approach it and say, well, frankly, something like, like Facebook's not nearly as professional as, say, um, LinkedIn or eCademy. Um, and you're quite right, but what we're looking at here, first of all, is you need to go where some of the crowds are. There's, there's no point trying to create a message uh, or trying to influence people in, in an empty field. And whilst LinkedIn and eCademy are very popular sites, you simply have to look at the figures that with a large amount of people investing time and energy creating applications and far more people now joining in, Facebook creates the opportunity to sort of join in and say, okay, here's, here's something I find interesting. This is what I'm doing. And of course, in Facebook, you get the opportunity to create the blogs that you're reading. You get to look at the websites that you find interesting, the uh, things that you're up to today, the events that you're going to. This is creating a brand around you initially. Now, um, we sort of go initially to this conversation is about how businesses are talking about social networks. And the thing I'm hit with every time when I explain this to another business is they say, well, this is fine, but I'm not trying to create a, a website or an attraction to Joe Schmo off the street. I, I need to attract another business. And I need to attract this type of business. Um, and the interesting thing here is that when people are saying this, uh, they're not actually talking about dealing with a business. This isn't sort of 1984 war games and they're going to talk to a business machine that has some electronic voice and there's no entity behind it. What we're actually talking about is something that people do all the time. People are networking. They're finding ways to create a conversation. The salesman looks for the, the entry into the door of the company and looks for the person who's interested in the product. Uh, the marketing group looks to find ways to make the company realize that their product is something that they might be interested in. But these are all about finding ways to influence people. And we come all the way back to the fact that people are more cynical of advertising today and they're, they're more aware of it. And with, with things like ad blockers and RSS readers, trying to find a way to bring a conversation and start that conversation is hard. And so we look at social network optimization, which is which is really why we're sitting here having this conversation as well, Andy, because this market is something that's starting up and it's something that will be interesting. It will require early adopters and an early majority and it will require understanding what it means to get into that market. So, I'm interested in what people are going to find when they start exploring um, social networks. We had a very interesting conversation earlier, Nick, about the types of personality that... that uh, can be expected to be um, encountered on these social networks. Perhaps you can tell us about those. Uh, okay, this is this is actually going back to one of my blog postings recently uh, about the old saying goes. 
and in this I I talk about the fact and you, you may have you know my, my, my dropping of MySQL instead of MySpace is a is a clue to the fact that yes I'm a I'm an open source advocate um, I'm an IT consultant uh, I take my time to uh, provide support and and provide advice to businesses about IT that's that advert over with um, but what we're talking about is an experience that I have with a community that already exists the open source community and I'm I'm not going to sit here and talk about the open source community and how it all works but let's just look a lot can happen in three years like a chatbot maybe your new best friend but what won't change needing health insurance United Healthcare tri-term medical plans underwritten by Golden Rule Insurance Company offer flexible budget-friendly coverage that lasts nearly three years in some states learn more at uh1.com hiring for your small business if you're not looking for professionals on LinkedIn you're looking in the wrong place that's like looking for your car keys in a fish tank LinkedIn helps you hire professionals you can't find anywhere else. Even those who aren't actively searching for a new job, but might be open to the perfect role. In a given month, over 70% of LinkedIn users don't even visit other leading job sites. So start looking in the right place. With LinkedIn, you can hire professionals like a professional. Post your free job on linkedin.com slash people today. Burroughs Furniture is built for the way you live. From ensuring easy assembly and disassembly to honoring highly requested new colors for the reward-winning seating, they always have their customers in mind. Their modular seating is made out of durable materials to last and grow with you. And with Burrow, you always get fast, free shipping. Get up to 60% off during Burrow's Memorial Day sale at burrow.com slash ACAST. That's burrow.com slash ACAST. Burrow.com slash ACAST. Look at the fact that this is, this is a social network in its own right. Uh, it, it exists with a certain amount of boundaries and um, a certain amount of personalities and within it there are the communities and the conversations that occur and uh, what I discovered in, in being involved with, with that community was that you can get a large amount of growth from a conversation, a good idea that promotes a concept of how to achieve and for those of you wondering why I'm stuttering at the moment, I'm just watching Andy <laughs> desperately try one-handed, one-handed to spread the butter onto his scone here, which is he's lying. It's all lies. Uh, okay, uh, let's, let's. Sorry, Nick. Carry on. Yes, I'll try and carry on. So, there are these groups in the community, and they build up, and eventually there are there are types and personalities which come in. Now, I, I spoke about this on Twitter.com, and I sort of posed the question about the bullies in communities um, these are the people who find ways and whether they're doing this deliberately or they're aware of it but their, their tendency to basically restrict or hold back the growth of a community I actually broke this down into three areas and I suspect there are more um, and I suspect I'm guilty of all three I know I'm actually guilty of at least one of them um, the first one is the don't dig it there, dig it elsewhere crowd. Um, and I'm, I'm really going here to that, that old song about the chap who comes along and sees the guy working in a hole and he's digging the hole and, and the chap comes along and says, no, look, you're doing it all wrong. You know, you're doing it the wrong size, the wrong place. And, and he's criticizing. And, and these are the people who will fight when, when somebody new comes into the community or into the network and they will say, they will ask questions these don't dig it here people are the ones who'll sit there and they'll they'll come up with reasons for what you're doing is wrong and why you're doing it is wrong and why it can't be done um, and essentially what they're doing is they're discouraging people from continuing a conversation uh, the second set now this is this is far more technical really and this this does relate to mail lists and irc channels and forums and how we'll see this exist in social networks i don't know yet but i imagine it's going to be out there um, these are the, the J, the, the, the J, the just Google it crowd. These are the ones who somehow expect that entrance into the community is defined by a set of criteria and certificates that people must have passed in order for them to be accepted. Um, I suspect in the social networking community, in order for people to gain some level of credibility, there may almost be an expectation that you know you you must be a podcaster or a video blogger or you must have an apple mac ibook um actually these are the sort of people who uh, and I'll, I'll mention a chap here phil campbell who does an exceptional amount of great work in video blogging um and 
he's experienced this. He's experienced the people who set criteria to a level that attempts to exclude people from being involved. And, and he's quite right when he says, this is all about making a good conversation. And surely it's more important about what we're producing and what we're asking than having the criteria to ask it in the first place. And the third people um, in this one, and this, this is where I kind of see myself guilty of anyway, these are the territory markers. These are the people who, when somebody comes into a community and asks a question or, or starts a conversation, they will jump all over it in an attempt to direct the conversation into areas that steer it back towards attention at them. I would say that being the loudmouth man, I certainly tend to attract attention if I drop into a room. Uh, certainly I have a distinctive voice that's, that's you know, can't be discounted. Um, and this is something I'm quite aware of and I, as, as much as possible I, I go back to a thing which is called uh, the sort of five rules of social network optimization, which we'll talk about in a bit. But these territory markers are the ones who will dominate a group so much that no new conversations occur. And as a result, things begin to fade away. So these are the sorts of people I can see that exist already, how they will integrate and become part of social networks today. I don't know, but I suspect these are the ones that we need to look out for and we need to be aware of, especially if you're coming at uh, this from a marketing perspective and you're saying, okay, I, I have my product. I'm, a, I'm a, a, a travel and tour operator promoter and I'm responsible for getting out there and, and saying, okay, I'm trying to highlight an awareness of particular um, tour, tours and holidays that are available specifically to tour operators. How will I use these social networks? And this is about saying, okay, the people who are going out and having the conversations and seeing the venues, those are the people who can get into social networks. Those are the people who can join in conversations and talk about locations and, and venues. How will these, these blockers in the community affect them? Um, these are the ones who will sort of say, oh, well, you don't want to go to that place because, or, well, I've already been there and I think it's this. And those sort of conversations which can shut down um, or close off avenues of interest are things where we're just going to have to find new ways of being new ways of being interesting sounds a little bit trite but we're going to have to find new ways of making a conversation happen and bring enough people on board that makes these community blockers irrelevant or at least sidelines them uh, and to a certain extent it does require an understanding of how to manipulate the conversation and, and how to be interesting It's interesting you say that because um uh, from my zoological background, uh, these do sound very much like the alpha males, uh, which traditionally in any sort of social group have been the ones that wanted to sort of stay in charge. So they, they scent mark things, they, uh, they claim ownership of things, they try and block things to keep the status quo as it sort of always has been. So are we not, all, are we not always going to have these sort of characters? Presumably, yes. Well, well, well absolutely, yes. It, um, you know, as um, Ecclesiastes says, there is nothing new under the sun, nothing new whatsoever. This is all about doing exactly what we're doing right now. You know, we're, we're sitting in a coffee shop having a conversation. This is actually about almost coming full circle on conversations. We've gone from having emails and, and having distance conversations and, and having a contact me now form on the website and having sort of robotic interactions with websites and click, click to buy now to starting going back to having one-to-one -one conversations or one-to-many conversations so people are talking to people again which is which is the exciting thing about about how the internet we've we've changed the we've changed the possibility of the global community to move away yet again from becoming consumer-led where people must accept what is produced and it'll be farmed out to them to people wanting to have conversations um, we have to bear in mind of course that the internet although it's extremely diverse and covers a large percentage of the planet, there is still a very, very small percentage of us in the world who are actually online compared to those of us uh, in other societies and other countries who you know, are still waiting for running water and electricity. So um, to a certain extent, we mustn't get led by sort of hubris on this that we're setting up something new. This is, this is nothing new. What we're experiencing or what we're gonna experience is a growth in conversations that's going to create a market, and this, this is where my original blog that I wrote about on OReillyGMT.eu that was about 
social network optimization is marketing 2.0. It's it's creating a new discipline in marketing to promote an awareness of using social networking sites to create conversations. And being aware of that means that you have to be aware that we're dealing with people dealing with people and we're going to encounter these types of personalities. And I think this is it's as important as it is to be able to recognize the right places people need to be. And at the moment, I'm recommending Twitter.com. I'm recommending Facebook. Uh, I'm certainly recommending uh, Yaiku and Delicious as areas to create social bookmarks and having a consistent blog for yourself. As we get out there, we, we recognize the things that we need to do. We need to also recognize what some of the barriers will be as we get involved in this because if, if we understand what some of those areas are we'll identify them sooner we'll see the signposts we'll recognize them and we'll change our tact or change the entry points um, and this is all about really defining what the discipline of social network optimization means to a marketing company I don't see this as anything brand new I, I don't see this as anything separate to say search engine optimization but what I see social network optimization being about is taking the website taking the products and the online identity and instead of focusing on trying to get everybody to come to you we're focusing on getting you out to everybody else so that we create different identities and different communities where you exist and to a certain extent this means joining in with forums joining in with social networks um, taking part in conversations on the web because if we look at things like Google, and we, I think to a certain extent people might consider Google to be a, a, the first page. If we look at a search engine optimizer, they are focusing on keywords and key values that are the attractors of your website to other people. And then focusing on how to model the, the desired aspect of what people may be searching for to the desired result of people finding your website on Google's main page. And this is, this is tough because we're dealing with new websites coming on board every day. We're dealing with the fact that this is something that needs to be worked on every week to maintain relevance and to be consistent. Um, and to a certain extent, it, it maintains a requirement that that market mustn't change. Because when that market changes, your message changes and you have to reinvent that optimization again. Social network optimization, I think, provides another discipline. And it enables a business to listen which is one of the rules in social network optimization second rule is listen it means to hear what the community is saying ask questions of it which is the third rule and provide advice now when you're providing advice this is the fourth and fifth rules what we're talking about here is finding ways that your product fits into that conversation so if you're dealing with tour operators and if you're dealing with business to business you're actually looking for ways that you're opening conversations with people who are in a similar market. And you're looking for ways to get people to listen and take advice from what the conversations are that you're having. So yes, we're, you know, that's the first question. We're gonna see those people. Understanding what those people are and who they are means that as you take part in those conversations, you'll identify them and decide whether this is a place that you need to be continuing a conversation or whether you need to move on. It's the same thing if you're in a coffee shop and you happen to be happen to be sitting next to somebody who's having a very loud conversation, it may be easier just to move tables if you're trying to have a conversation. We're quite lucky here, nobody's sitting around us at the moment getting upset, so uh, we continue having the loud mouth man conversation. I just had some thoughts. I mean, so uh, social networks are basically like uh, disparate groups, aren't they? Um, and you basically have to join the correct groups and uh, start conversations in them. I was just wondering, you mentioned SEO. I was just wondering how that might fit into how people find these groups in the first place. Any thoughts on that? Well, yeah, the, this, this, this is about certain different disciplines and marketing and sales. At, at the end of the day... A business is about finding clients for which to sell products. On any level, this is what we're about. And um, search engine optimization is about finding ways to find those clients who are finding you, which is an awful lot of finding that needs to be done. 
the thing about social network optimization at the moment is there aren't a lot of good ways to measure the results. There's not a lot of good metrics available. Uh, there's one or two sites kicking off, and I suspect that uh, the sites that can get to grips with finding a way to define individuals and personalities who are having conversations that may be interesting to you will be an aspect of both search engine optimization and an aspect of metrics for those products. At the moment, a lot of people are dealing with having the stats alone to their website. They know how many people are arriving, where they're coming from, what they're looking at, what the keywords are that they're interested in. And if you're a search engine optimizer, you're actually going to need to be able to have the stats on conversations. And those don't exist yet. So this is a this is a whole black art at the moment that isn't established. And the best way that I can see so far is really to use the five rules that I've discussed, which is the listen. Which means search engine optimizers, social network optimizers, will have to be very good at listening to current trends and identifying those and then investigating those markets to see if the conversation needs to be had there. Um, right. To, to a certain extent, if I'm selling tyres, I'm selling high-performance tyres, I'm more likely to go to an event or an expo that's to do with cars than I'm to do with Tupperware. Um, and that, that's, you know, that's a fairly obvious example of where you would optimise your conversation. This is no different. This is simply about making sure that you're joining the right forums, um, finding the right blogs. Because the interesting thing about blogs is People who are reading weblogs, who are reading conversations, are people who are taking an active interest in the conversation. They're less passive, which means they're also going to give you better feedback and going to give you a more... Actually, let's, let's just go for an example here. A few months back, my car went in for a service, and as a result of the service, the radio broke. And we couldn't find the code to reset the radio. So you go online and you do the usual searching on Google and you search for somebody to fix it. And of course what you're getting is you're getting results back that are based on what other people have paid for or designed to get the best results in. So I know immediately that every single one of those results is something that's focused on selling at me but may not be meeting the criteria of quality and giving me an answer at the best price barrier. What I actually found, though, was that there are a number of websites that were just forums, discussion forums, about getting codes fixed. And searching in those forums, I was able to find a few people who were talking about a chap in Crawley who could fix the radio. And they pointed to his website. So his website was actually pointed to on a forum. So I gained by joining the forum, listening to the conversation, didn't need to ask the question because somebody gave the advice, pointed me to his website, gave me his phone number, made the phone call, got the radio fixed for 10 quid. Fantastic. That's, that's something that a search engine optimizer couldn't offer. There's no way that they can guarantee that conversation. The metrics aren't there yet. However, if the chap who's selling and fixing radios finds a way to get two or three people, two or three network optimizers to join forums and without doing direct selling, you know, direct link farming, but joining conversations and then happen to drop information about him at the right time when somebody's asking in such a way as they've, they've established credibility because they've got a longevity in that environment. They've established credibility because they've asked questions in the environment previously that aren't related to it. So they've, they've established credentials. I mean, this is guerrilla marketing 101. Um, and as a result of doing that, they've promoted that topic, which is fine. Um, you have to be careful with this because we, we were talking about this earlier, but um, guerrilla marketing has been used and is being used out there. And to a certain extent, I'm extremely cynical and aware of it. And I actually caught out a couple of guerrilla marketers who were promoting a Nokia mobile phone at a coffee table. And I only regret at the time that whilst I was being, you know, to a certain extent, it's smart ass in, in busting them on that one, I didn't do the investigation to find out who the company was that were doing the promoting. Um, but the conversation was so clearly 
loud, circled around one topic, and detailed the aspects. It was clearly an interview. You know, it was clearly an interview, but the aim was to try and get people listening to a conversation. Busting it open rather loudly in the cafe may not have been the best thing at the time. Um, when did this happen, Nick? Uh, this, this, was, this was a couple of years back. This was, this was when... Uh, and it, then the conversation started coming out about guerrilla networking, guerrilla marketing. Um, so you have to be very savvy. To a certain extent, I mean, you and I are sitting here and we're having a talk about this and we're sitting in a, a fairly sort of empty cafe. Um, I wonder why it's empty, Nick. <laughs> the lady next door just has walked out, actually. <laughs> well, we are sort of, you know, sitting next to the exit, so most people are walking out and walking well, in. came and sat down and then walked out again. <laughs> anyway, carry on. Carry on. You just like making up the stories. It's guerrilla marketing 101. So what we're actually seeing here is that we're, we're sitting having a conversation and... You've got this this product here, this Zoom. Uh, what is this? The Zoom, Zoom H4. The Zoom H4. This is what you're using to record the podcast on. Now, just having that conversation right now creates the idea. Somebody's listening to this podcast. They're thinking about podcasts. They think, what technology do I need to use? So, you know, we've we've mentioned the Zoom H4. You're obviously finding it a useful tool. Um, it's obviously providing you with the right technology. And this is how the conversation starts. I've got no invested interest in, you know, being a Zoom marketing person. I'd love to be. And Zoom, if you're out there, please get in contact with Andy White and I. You know, we'd certainly like to be talking about promoting your products more. And you can reach me at www.wildmedia.co.uk. And there we go. See, that's, that's social networking. That's, that's marketing at that point. These conversations that we have where we talk about, I mean, you know, you're obviously very happy with the product. So what, what, what's your feeling about it? Absolutely love it. You're absolutely loving it. So he's given me very closed down answers here. He doesn't actually want to talk about it too much because he doesn't want to feel it's to being sort of falsely advertised. But it's not. It's it's a product that if we're sitting in this cafe and there's somebody else interested in podcasting, they're gonna see the product, it's gonna exist, it's gonna be part of the conversation, and it's gonna stick. So the next time that conversation turns up, you're gonna to think to yourself, Oh, yeah, I have and you've you've added credibility to the brand. So at that point is this and this credibility to the brand is what i would seek to make social network optimization about building the credibility um to a certain extent though this can backfire on you uh leo laporte who is as far as i'm concerned sort of one of the sort of top tech mavens and sort of conversationalists out there um he really kicked off interest in twitter and built up quite a large community he was unfortunately hit, though, with the fact that his brand, which is twit.tv, was to a certain extent rolling over on the confusion of the brand of Twitter. And as a result, he moved over to Jaiku, which created a large investment in Jaiku. But it didn't stop the popularity of Twitter. It still gained some value from that, and it still continues its momentum. So we see how these conversations are, are always moving forward. Um, I forgot what the original question is now, but the real point here is that you can't create a false conversation. It will be obvious. So the search engine optimizers won't be able to influence conversational streams by dumping into the right forums web links. They're going to have to find ways to use those metrics and feed it back to the SNOs, who will then take that as a conversation and say, right, we will need to take part in this community for a few days. It's, it's a far longer investment in marketing, but you're focusing more on the people who will want to hear the conversation. And that creates the opportunity to create interest in the brand. But it's about finding out what those metrics are. This is, this is the area that's still, as far as I'm concerned, it's, it, it's, it's over the horizon in understanding. And it's, it's not going to be able to, easy to answer. So Nick, some great ideas, some great thoughts there. Any final um, words as we just close off? Okay, I would say if you've found this interesting, obviously metrics are the key, so I would obviously like some feedback. However, there's no one place to find me, so start at loudmouthman.com slash contact. Come and have a listen to my social network optimization tips at kite.tv, that's K-Y-T-E TV. You'll find me under the tag of Loudmouth Man. And um, I'd be really interested to find out feedback from other people listening to podcasts who are involved in business and their experiences on that. Um, and I'm just hoping to really create a, a new awareness that there are conversations going on in the UK, that we do have uh, a good contribution into the internet community. 
and this is something that is a market that's just starting and we have an opportunity to be part of the early adopters rather than the early majority um, so I just want to thank you very much for taking the time to talk to me as well and thank you very much too Mr Nicholas Butler thank you cheers well that's it for this week's show thank you for listening I do hope you enjoyed it now we would love to hear from you so if you have any questions or comments that you'd like to have featured on the show then do send them to info at academyinternet.com if you want to send a little WAV or mp3 file with some sort of comment on or a question please do so and we'd be very happy to play that as well uh, if you're a subscriber we'd like to thank you for your valuable time if you haven't subscribed yet well, there's a couple of ways you can do that go to iTunes and just search for internet marketing or go to the www.summitsolutions.co.uk website or the www academyinternet.com sites and you can subscribe there this is Andy White signing off have a fantastic week and we'll see you next time on Internet Marketing wireworldproductions.com Hi, I'm Daniel, founder of Pretty Litter. Did you know cats tend to hide symptoms of sickness and pain? I learned this the hard way after losing my cat, Gingy. So I created Pretty Litter, a health monitoring litter that helps detect early signs of illness by changing colors, saving you money and potentially your cat's life. Pretty Litter is veterinary and developed, and it's the easiest way to keep tabs on your fur baby's health right at home. Go to prettylitter.com and use code ACAST for 20% off your first order and a free cat toy. Terms and conditions apply. See site for details. Mom deserves the best, and there's no better place to shop for Mother's Day than Whole Foods Market. They're your destination for unbeatable savings. From premium gifts to show-stopping flowers and irresistible desserts, start by saving 33% with Prime on all body care and candles. Then get a 15-stem bunch of tulips for just $9.99 each with Prime. Round out Mom's menu with festive rosé, irresistible berry chantilly cake, and more special treats. Come celebrate Mother's Day at Whole Foods Market.